Hello, welcome to Tales from the Albright, a podcast by the Scranton Public Library. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the last episode of Tales from the Albright for 2023. My name is Alyssa, and I work in the reference department of the Scranton Public Library. Thank you all for listening all year long. Today, our episode is an interview with Mary Garm, who is the director of the Lackawanna County Library System. I interview her about her experiences working in libraries, her experience as the director of the Lackawanna County Library System, and involvement in the larger Pennsylvania Library Association. During the middle of the interview, we talk about PALS. PALS is the Pennsylvania Library Association's Academy of Leadership Studies. This is a program where librarians across the state attend and work on projects to develop leadership abilities and connect with others from across the state. I just wanted to give a bit of clarification um, because I don't believe we ever state what the acronym actually stands for in the episode. So I just wanted to give some context. I hope you enjoy our interview. Mary, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, certainly. My name is Mary Garm. I am the executive director of the Lackawanna County Library System. Um, I've been in this position for 20 years and will be retiring soon, early in, in the new year. And what made you want to work in the library field to begin with? So I grew up in a house with, with, of readers. Um, we always had books and magazines and encyclopedias and dictionaries. Um, so I was always very comfortable with that. And I loved to read myself. Um, my mom would take me to the library. When I was old enough, she'd take me to the library and drop me off while she went and did her grocery shopping and then pick me up on the way back. Um, and it was the Carbondale Public mm-hmm. Library that I used at that time. So I've always been a reader. Um, so that certainly is something that encouraged me to move in that direction. I often tell a story about having gone to the library and wanted to read, I was in fourth grade, and I wanted to read A Tale of Two Cities. Mm-hmm. And I took it to the desk and the librarian said, you're not old enough to read that. And I was really upset. And I remember going out and getting in the car, slamming the door and said, when I grow up, I'm going to be a librarian, and I'm going to let kids read anything they want. <laughs> so that was really the first time I ever thought, yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll be a librarian. But it was many, many years later before um, I finally made that decision. I was working as a proofreader for a publishing company and thinking of moving in the direction of editing. Um, when I read a chapter in the Bowker Annual of Library and Information Science that talked about what you can do with your library degree. And I found it really fascinating, and I went home that night and I applied to two library schools in Pennsylvania, and, uh, and that's how I ended up there. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I feel like one of the things that gets missed often is how many things you can do with a library science degree. Absolutely. It is interesting, and one of the things that it talked about was moving farther up into publishing, and mm-hmm. that was you know, the first thing that, that caught my eye. But the other thing that I think is really fascinating is that you can come from any background and become a librarian and have that be useful to you. Because mm-hmm. it's really about, I mean, there's not a particular thing that is library science. If you're working in libraries, you're going to be able to figure out a little bit about everything. And so any background that you bring is going to be helpful. 
I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even though my career has been much shorter than your expansive career at this point, mm-hmm. you pick up the little things from across disciplines, across like topics, and kind of learn from everyone you interact with. And that's one of the things that makes it so much fun. Um, you know, it's, it's serious work, and it's important mm-hmm. work, and sometimes it's fun work. But um, I think you get to learn something every single day. Absolutely. And And what has your career path looked like? So I went to Drexel University and got my degree there. Um, I was awarded an assistantship in the cataloging department. So that paid for my tuition, which was wonderful. Um, And um, it also gave me a good sense of what it is like to work in a large academic library on that technical services Mm -hmm. kind of end of things. Um, And I always thought that that's where I would stay, in academic libraries. And my first job out of graduate school was at Elmira College, which is in Elmira, New York, west of of Binghamton. And um, I took a job there as head of technical services. So um, I was in charge of cataloging, periodicals, um, acquisitions, um, all, all of that stuff. And um, it was great fun. I loved being there. I was considered faculty, and so got to sit on a number of uh, faculty committees and uh, actually chaired the committee um, for the Middle States evaluation. And that was fascinating to really learn how how, um, a library fits into all of the learning resources in, in a college community. And then I got married. (laughs) So I was living in Elmira, New York. My husband was living in Forest City, Pennsylvania, which is pretty far distance. (laughs) So um, we decided to get married and live in Binghamton, kind of split the the distance. I was driving 55 miles one way to work. He was driving 70 miles the other way to work. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So that lasted for about a year or two. (laughs) Got got a little tired of that. So um, a friend of mine saw that there was an opening for a library director at the Susquehanna County Library in Montrose. And I thought, well, I don't have any public library experience, um, but you know, what the heck, I'll throw my hat in the ring and see what happens. And indeed, I was hired. And it changed my whole perspective on libraries. You know, just the notion that you can make such a difference in the everyday lives of people and do that over their lifetimes. So it's not just four years while somebody's in college and it's not just with your academic colleagues. It is, you know, it's anybody in your community can have their life changed by, by coming into the library. So I have become a huge fan of, of public libraries. I, I was always a user, but didn't really think of what it would be like to work in one. So I worked at Susquehanna County Library for a while, and uh, about seven years, and then a position became available at the Scranton Public Library as a district consultant. And the district consultant works with um, libraries in what is now called the Northeast Library District. So there are five counties in in that um, district. And it's, again, a really interesting job. As a district consultant, you get to use your advisory skills, you get to use your problem-solving skills, um, you get to be helpful to people, whether it's library directors or their staffs or their boards. Um, you get involved in continuing education. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful job. And I did that for 12 years and loved, it, loved every minute of it. And then the position as uh, executive director of the Lackawanna County Library System became available. and. 
I thought long and hard about that because um, I really loved what I was doing as district consultant, but then felt that I could make a contribution um, by being with the library system. So I applied for that position and I've been here since February of 2003. Which is amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> Never thought that could happen. <laughs> and what has been the most rewarding and challenging part of being the director? So there are two things that I think about, um, and we'll start with the rewarding side. Um, and I think on the rewarding side, it really is the people that I've had the opportunity to work with. Some of those people have been staff members. We have a great staff, wonderful people who work here and who are here because they really care about what they're doing and want to make a difference in their communities. Um, and I'm regularly astonished by the kinds of ideas that come up with mm -hmm. so much creativity. It, it's a wonderful thing. Um, we also have uh, a lot of volunteers in the form of friends groups and boards of trustees who also are in this, not because they're getting paid, but because you know, they really want, want to do something uh, to help their communities. So I think in a lot of ways, that's one of the most rewarding things, is just coming to work every day and being with people who are on the same page as I am and uh, who, who want to do good things. Um, the challenging part is almost always funding. We are very fortunate in Lackawanna County that we have a dedicated library tax. Mm -hmm. um, there are many counties in Pennsylvania that would envy us for that. And it is uh, it's something that we're extremely grateful for. But we also get money from the state, which is an important part of our overall funding scenario. Uh, the week I started in February of 2003, Governor Rendell, who was doing his first budget, um, announced an austerity budget um, with cuts of 10% in, oh, in all departments, except for libraries, which were going to get a 50% cut. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my first week. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. That's such a huge blow to the huge. library community. It was huge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so it was a terrible thing. We, we you know, really advocated for a change. It wound up not being 50%. It wound up being 35%. 35% is still a huge amount of money. Absolutely. So from that very day, the funding issue is something that, you know, we've had to, to struggle with. Mm -hmm. We have, again, had a lot of county commissioners who feel strongly about the library and who have helped us over time. Extremely fortunate for that. But it's hard to keep up. Um, yeah. You know, as many years as we have been able to spend a little bit more, there have been that many years that we've had to make some cuts, either modest mm -hmm. or, or significant. And what has been the most significant change that you've seen in the county as your time as director? So in terms of, of what's happening in libraries, I think one of the biggest things, it's easy, it's easy to say technology, because yes. <laughs> you know technology just changes constantly. And one of the wonderful things about libraries is that we are early adopters. Um, we started circulating eBooks in 2005, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is a long time ago. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's really impressive. And you know, we try really hard to keep up with technology for use by our patrons as well as by our staff. Um, so it's really easy to say technology, you know, that changes just all the yes. time. But I think that one of the things that really impresses me is the way people use libraries today. They have truly become places where people want to come to be with other people. So much of our lives now are, are conducted online, and I see that 
you know, our libraries have more book discussion groups, community conversations, whatever you want to call them. And it's wonderful to see people saying, yeah, I still want to take out a book, but what I really want to do is meet my neighbors, you yes. know, and, and have a, a chat mm -hmm. with them at the library. And I think that is really new since, you know, over those 20 years, I've seen yeah. that grow. I haven't been involved, but I know a lot of people who talk about, especially young mothers, mm -hmm. who where they really make the social connections with other mothers at things like story time. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's some fascinating data out now that, that uh, talks about the fact that um, Gen Z and Millennials, or Gen X and Millennials, are using libraries more than previous generations have done. Oh, that's which is great. very cool. Yeah, yeah, there was actually a piece on CBS News recently wow. where they interviewed the um, president of the American Library Association, and so you can see the statistics there. Mm -hmm. But it was something like 54% of um, people between the ages of 18 and 40, I think it was, um, have used a library in the last year. Which is yeah. which is huge. Yes. So you know, half of all those people. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then on the state level, you've been very involved with the Pennsylvania Library Association. How has that developed, and how did that come about? So um, when I first, well, I guess I was a member of the Pennsylvania Library Association as a student at Drexel, but then of course I, I left, moved to New York, and was a member of the New York Library Association. Mm -hmm came back to Pennsylvania and one of the first things I did was join uh, Pennsylvania Library Association again and got involved with our local chapter, the Northeast chapter. After a couple of years became chair of that chapter and then really began to kind of get connected with people on the statewide level. Chaired a number of committees on the statewide level, eventually was elected to the board and then after that became president of the Pennsylvania Library Association. It's a wonderful group of people who share their concerns and their knowledge and their wisdom and provide guidance and leadership to libraries across the state. And so that's, that's how I wound yeah. up with, with doing that. Was it while you were president that the um, PALS was formed? Yeah, so um, in the year or two before PALS was formed, I headed up um, a strategic planning process um, and we did a lot of surveying and one of the things that we, we discovered was that there was very great concerns about leadership in Pennsylvania libraries. There was kind of a graying of the uh, population mm -hmm. so there were a lot of people who were on the verge of re getting ready to retire and there were also um, a lot of new people coming into the profession, but there wasn't really a lot happening in the middle. And I think part of that is because people love their jobs and, you know, they stay on, you know, some I've been here for 20 years, but I know people who were directors for 30 years and 40 years in the same library. So there was this concern that we needed some way to encourage leadership. And it's one of those funny things that happened. I, ha I was at the Public Library Association conference in Boston that year and heard some people from New Jersey talking about a leadership program that they had begun called Emerging Leaders. Um, and it was, I was just, I was blown away. I thought, this is it, this is exactly what we need. And so I came back and, and uh, of course, was immediately hit with the fact that, you know, we don't have any money to do this, and Pennsylvania is a much bigger state than, than New Jersey is. You know, how do you bring all these people together? So I figured there, there had to be a way to do it. So um, 
shortly after that, I went to a workshop in Williamsport where David Bendekovic was talking about leadership. He was at the time working for Polaris, which is one of the integrated library systems that, that libraries use, and was also teaching leadership classes at Syracuse University. So he did this program on leadership, and I was, again, just amazed by what he had to say. Went up to speak to him afterwards, um, because uh, my best friend from graduate school happened to also work at <laughs> with him. And I told him what I was hoping that we could do, and he said, well, let me know what I can do to help. And he, for many years, provided his services free of charge to PALS, and that's how we were able to get it off the ground, along with some support from the Office of Commonwealth Libraries and, and um, grant funds from them. But it's amazing. It has been going on now for more than 10 years. There are hundreds of librarians who've gone through it, many of whom, if not most of whom, say that it is something that has changed their lives and their career paths. Yeah, I went through it um, in 2021, um, the year that it was all virtual. Oh, right, um, yeah. But I enjoyed it. I loved it. That's I learned good. a lot about myself, and you just learn a lot about interactions and yeah. how leadership doesn't necessarily mean you're a manager, but just guiding right. others and helping others. You don't need a title to be a leader. Right. Right. Yeah. And from the start, our goal was to, to encourage both personal and professional leadership skills. So, um, because you have to know yourself, mm -hmm. and you have to know how other people look at things if you're going to be a good leader. Yes. Um, I think one of the things that uh, surprises people is that we don't all look at the world the same way. We don't all see things the same way. So when something seems so clear to you, it doesn't look the same way to somebody else. Or, or if you react to something one way, somebody else is going to react differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that really is incredibly helpful in, in working with other people so that you can say I remember um, going through that exercise and thinking on a personal note oh so that's why my husband acts the way he does <laughs> <laughs> he's not just trying to annoy me <laughs> yeah yeah it really yeah. gives you a basis for helping you to understand others and right. then also when you run into a problem you know that there's people out there that might look at it a different way and just see what you're completely missing exactly exactly there were two other things that happened during my presidency that were I think very important and one of them was the uh, development of the PA forward process so it's PA forward Pennsylvania libraries it's all about how libraries provide the fuel for uh, for life and for change in, in Pennsylvania. And uh, that also came about because of, that was 2008, it was when um, it, there was a, a serious recession happening at the time. We knew that in terms of advocacy, going to the legislature and asking for money, you know, for, you know, for libraries was not gonna be um, well received, mm -hmm. but we felt we still needed to make sure that they understood how important libraries were. Mm -hmm. And so that was the, the genesis of PA Forward. That's also still going on, which is yes. a, a wonderful thing. Um, all of our libraries are gold star libraries mm -hmm. now, and we are the first and only gold star library system in Pennsylvania, which oh, is wow. very exciting. Yeah. Yes. And then the other thing that came about um, during my presidency was um, we had purchased, Pennsylvania Library Association had purchased a building, of course had a mortgage mm -hmm. to cover that. And um, 
I felt that there were a lot of people who were past presidents, who were retired, who still wanted to be engaged with Pennsylvania Library mm -hmm. Association, but didn't really have a role to play. And so we put together an annual giving society called Ex Libris. Oh, okay. and, um, and so um, that group of people still meets annually, sends out you know letters to people, um, inviting them to contribute. And that money goes towards, uh, mostly towards helping the uh, association pay for things that it might not otherwise have been able to. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, helping out with the mortgage, which is now taken care of. Yeah. So, oh, so that's, that's exciting. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know about that aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because the, the only source of income for Pennsylvania Library Association is the annual conference and dues. Um, and while that covers barely um, everything that they need to do mm -hmm. there's you know there's always a need for more yes so yeah. yes and then I know you're also on the statewide level very involved in the governor's advisory council on library development can you speak a little bit about that yeah what an interesting group so I was invited to join the council in 2010 as vice chair and it was kind of daunting I will say um, there's some really impressive and uh, very experienced people, well-respected people who were on council. And um, it was interesting to become, to enter into that, become a part of it. That happened, I think, in the last year of Governor Rendell's term, because you're appointed by the governor mm -hmm. to this. So I was appointed first by Governor Rendell, then reappointed by Governor Corbett, and then reappointed by um, Governor Wolf. So I have a term now that runs through January of 26. It'll probably be my last term on council. We are tasked with advising the governor, the secretary of education, and the state librarian on all things relevant to libraries. Um, we also have the authority to recommend a state librarian to the governor. In my time, we have hired three state librarians, um, which has been a fascinating um, kind of a, a project in itself. We also get involved in other kinds of things that are more involved in the statute related to, to libraries and how they function. Right now, we are um, engaged in a project where we are rewriting the regulations that um, govern how libraries work in Pennsylvania. Um, it will be going into the regulatory process at the state in the next year and probably take a while to work its way through that. But it has been fascinating to, to look at you know, regulations which kind of interpret the statute itself mm -hmm. and try to see how, how we can work with those to make them more meaningful to how libraries work today. So that's been, that's been that's a... That's fascinating. It is. <laughs> I feel like that's definitely something that people who are just getting into libraries and library science and working in libraries it's something that's not even really considered that that's right. such an essential part of how libraries function, especially in Pennsylvania. Absolutely. Um, the regulations, the statute itself has sets out a lot of things that say libraries must do this in order mm -hmm. to receive state, state funding, um, but the regulations then interpret a lot of that. And so um, when it's, when, you know, the statute says, you know, 
thou shalt do such and such. Yeah. <laughs> the regulations can then come in and um, and say, and here's how you do that, you know, or here's how you measure that, you know, whatever the case may be. But this, those standards that appear both in the statute and and the regulations are things that say, you know, if you live in a community of this size, you need to be open this many hours, and you need to spend this much money on your your collection, and you need to have, have this many professional librarians working for you. Um, they're all things that are intended to provide an excellent level of library service throughout Pennsylvania. And then add to some things that are a bit more fun. (laughs) Yes. What are some of your favorite memories from your career? Favorite memories from my career? I have to say that one of them would certainly be um, during my time as a district consultant. um, I got to know the five counties of northeastern Pennsylvania so well. Um, I, I spent a lot of time in my car driving around um, from Pike County to Susquehanna County mm-hmm. to Wyoming County to um, to Lackawanna County, and that was a lot of fun. Um, it was in a time when you know we didn't really yet have a lot of audio books, but I did have a little recording device, and I would do a lot of work on my recorder yeah. <laughs> as I was working, you know, like you know, basically you know dictating letters or you know mm-hmm. doing things of that nature. Actually, that's an interesting thing when we talked about change earlier. When I started as a district consultant, communication was so very different. We did most of our communication by letter. Oh, wow. So if you were a librarian in Pike County and you had an issue that you needed to talk to the district consultant about, you would sit down and compose a letter and type it out and put it in the mail and it would arrive, and then the district consultant would you know, open it up and look at it, compose a reply, <laughs> put it back in the mail and send it out. We did have an 800 number for librarians to call if they had something urgent, but it was only if it was urgent because, you know, you know it, we didn't want to have to pay those, all those long-distance fees. Yeah. And today, if you look at anybody's inbox, I mean, it's just crammed with with messages yeah. and it's fascinating and even phone calls I mean how many phone calls do you get versus you know email things have really changed in yeah. that regard yeah it's, it's a whole different world mm-hmm. yeah do you have any advice that you would give your younger self interestingly um, I would give myself the advice that I think most people who reach this age would give their younger selves and and that is essentially it's not that big a deal or this too shall pass um, I think when we're when we're younger and especially early on in our careers, we um, kind of worry a lot about stuff. I had a friend who once said to me, "You know, did anybody die? If not, it's <laughs> it's probably okay." Um, but I heard something recently that I that really changed my thoughts about that, and it was a woman who was asked that very question, mm-hmm. and she said, um, "I wouldn't change anything because then I wouldn't be who I am." That's Which a good is really way interesting. To yeah, a whole different yeah. way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. so I probably would say, you know, try new things. If you know, if if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's probably not going to make a big difference in the long run. But I also like that idea that you know, you are where you are because yeah. of all the things that you went through. Yeah, it's nice to think about it that way. And it I is. think so many people get caught up in like the anxiety of wishing things could have been different or they said the wrong thing that's right that's right yeah Yeah. and you spend so much of your your um, brain power on that stuff Mm -hmm. and you know ultimately you know you're probably the only one who noticed it (laughs) (laughs) 
And do you have any tips for those looking to become more involved in libraries at the state or local level? Yeah, uh, for librarians, I think it's always um, a good opportunity to, to work with your local Pennsylvania Library Association chapter. So become a member, you know, get involved with your chapter. There are socials where you can go and meet people. If you show up at those socials, you're going to get known. Chances are you're going to ask, you know, wind up being asked to do something, whether as a member of the chapter board or you know as a committee uh, person. So I think that's the best way to, to get your foot in the door. Um, also going to Pennsylvania Library Association conferences because you will meet so many people there. Yes. And um, and make sure you go to the social events as well as to the educational components. Um, again, you're going to meet people, you'll make an impression on somebody, they'll say, hey, I remember Alyssa, what, I, she said she was interested in this, maybe we mm -hmm. should call her and see if she might, might enjoy being involved. And Pennsylvania Library Association every year sends out something to members saying, you know, are you interested in volunteering to work? Fill it out, you know, and don't, don't think, oh, I'm not, you know, I don't have the experience or the, you know, whatever, I, that you don't have the confidence to think that you can do those things. You do, you do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can, you can make it work. So yeah. that's another way to do it. But on the other hand, if you are, you know, somebody who lives in the community and you want to get involved, most of our libraries have friends groups. And those friend groups, friends groups do wonderful things. Um, a lot of it is fundraising, some of it is social, um, but it's also a place where you may be called on to do advocacy for your library, depending on what's happening in your community. So that's a great way to get started. And often people who are involved in Friends are people who wind up getting asked to be trustees, just because you know people get to see mm -hmm. who you are, see that what your commitment is. Mm -hmm. um, so those, those would be my recommendations. But always say yes. That's, that's mm -hmm. the big thing. If somebody asks you to do something, say yes, and, mm -hmm. uh, and then just go with it. You, you might think you're, you might think it's you know um, more than you can handle or more than you're comfortable with, but um, but keep it going. My um, my favorite quote is from Eleanor Roosevelt, who says, "Do something every day that scares you." So I, I think that applies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you looking forward to in your retirement? Mm. So what am I looking forward to? Um, another quote. Serena Williams, I think it's Serena, who, who recently uh, retired from tennis, said, um, I'm not retiring, I'm evolving. Yeah. So I've been thinking about yeah. that <laughs> as well. <laughs> I don't plan to really totally leave the world of libraries mm -hmm. right away. It won't be a, a hard cutoff. Um, as I mentioned, I'm still chair of the Governor's Advisory Council till January of 26, yes. so I'll still be involved mm -hmm. um, at that level. And I still am involved in Pennsylvania Library Association and probably will get more involved with the ex libris portion of it. You know, that's library stuff. Um, I may also do some consulting. Uh, that's something that I've thought about over the years. That's something I would do when I retire because I can't just imagine sitting home. Uh, not, you know, I haven't yet figured out what, what retirement looks yeah. like, but at this point I keep thinking, I need to find things to do. Yeah. <laughs> but on a personal side, my husband and I are looking forward to doing more traveling. Um, we have three wonderful grandchildren, ages seven, five, and three. You know, obviously we'll want to spend more time yeah. with them. And I do love to read. I, mm -hmm. read, I currently read about 100 books a year. And I'm hoping that I'll have more time and leisure to do yeah. that as well. Yeah. What are you currently reading? I am currently reading The Fraud 
by Zadie Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her, new, her newest book. Uh, just about finished with mm-hmm. it. Um, it's, it's really good. And I'm also um, reading um, a book called Goodbye Eastern Europe. Um, you know, it is my family's background is, is mostly Eastern European, not entirely, but mostly. And this is written by a man whose name I, I can't remember and can't pronounce. <laughs> but um, he is writing, he is also a child of immigrants from, from Eastern Europe, and, or grandchild mm-hmm. of, of immigrants. And it's just really fascinating to, to look at what Eastern Europe is like now, what it has been like, the different kinds of ethnicities and, and um, religions that, that were involved. It's a fascinating book, and I think lots of people in, in Lackawanna County would, would yes. love to read that. It sounds yeah. fascinating. It's really good. So yeah. I will definitely look it there up, and then um, I'll include it in the slide oh, great. images. Oh, that'd be cool. Social yeah. media. So. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed today for Tales from the Albright. It has been yeah. my pleasure, yeah. Melissa, and uh, I, I will be listening from home. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again to Mary for agreeing to be interviewed for the podcast. With her retirement this year, I know she will be incredibly missed as everyone I talk to has mentioned how much of a guiding force and a great influence on their careers she has been. As it is the last episode of the podcast, I would like to thank everyone for listening all year long. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or anything at all for the next year, please let me know. I'm always looking for new ideas. If there's somebody that you think would be interesting to hear interviewed, either the library side or the general community that we might be partners with, always feel free to send suggestions and I'll add them to my list. I know people say that they'll add things to their list all the time, but I do legitimately have a list where I keep all of the suggestions and topics and everything else for the podcast. And those can all be sent to my email, which is aloney at albright.org. That is A-L-O-N-E-Y at albright.org. Or feel free to call the library at 570-348-3000. Thank you and have a good new year.